Hello, my friends. You're going to love this lady who I'm going to interview. My very first interview. Yay. Yes. And so for this podcast anyways, and this lady is a warrior. I'm talking warrior, all right? The things that she went through throughout her whole life, it is unbelievable. I was on the edge of my seat during this interview. So buckle up, my friends, strap up. You're going for a ride, a jet ride, a roller coaster ride, okay? Put your hands up. Let's go. Let's get into this and I will welcome you her, all right? So this is the episode of the year, the interview of the year, and I am starting off with a bang. Tune in. Hey friend, do you want to be fulfilled and satisfied in your life? Are you tired of your work that gives you no passion and no purpose? Do you desire to have more positive influence and impact to help others? Hi, I'm Angeline Edwards. I'm a poet, author, speaker, podcaster, and your purpose and courage coach. I want to help clarify your calling and turn your pain into purpose. How do I do all this and be a sane mom with God in the center of it all? I pray this episode will bless, inspire, encourage, and empower you. So join me now, will you? Come on, tune in. Right, so today, my lovely friends, I am interviewing for the first time uh, someone I met years ago, this lovely person, none other than Cleone Crawford. We want to welcome you, this fascinating lady, and she has a fascinating story to share. Oh, man, Cleone, your story is so packed. I may have to have you come back again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she blows my mind and how she has such courage and uh, such strength, you know, to to uh, share her life. And so I'm just asking you guys to just buckle up, strap up, get ready for a ride. Uh, Cleone, welcome. Thank you for having me, Angie. I appreciate it. Yes. So I just wanted to start with a bang. I want to start with um, how, uh, what happened to you at 12 years old? Tell us about that story and where you ended up. Okay. At 12 years old, I first was first diagnosed. I had a seizure, actually. I was um, I was at home with my brother watching Mad TV. And I wasn't safe at, the, at that time. Um, so I was watching television. And my mother came home from a party. And she woke me up. And when she woke me up, um, I, walked toward, I walked towards going to my bedroom. And as I all of a sudden... I stopped and I was looking at her puzzle in a puzzled look. Oh. And I started to shake and shake, 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 shake. Wow. And I was, and then that was the first time that I had a seizure, an epileptic seizure. My mother was scared out of her wits and took me to the hospital. They took me to the hospital, and that's when they told her that I had my first epileptic seizure and I had epilepsy. 
And that would not be the first time that I had a seizure. That would be the first of many seizures to come wow. where I would have seizures uh, at school, um, on the road. And every weekend when I would be awoken up out of my sleep, I would have a seizure. Wow. So it was just, it was just um, a really challenging time for me, even to the point when I went to university. I went to university and I would have seizures on campus. Wow. So at 12 years old, the, that was the first time I I got introduced to pharm, pharmace, pharmaceutical drugs where I had to start taking medication. Oh. And the medication started to affect me and it started to... I started to sleep a lot. It was just a challenging time for me. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that was my first time learning about epilepsy. I mean, and and at 12 years old, you're just entering into puberty and, and you mm -hmm. just started to get to know yourself and your body. That's just, that's a scary time. I, yes. I can't imagine going to school and not knowing when, you know, an episode's going to come up, right? Right, right. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was new, not only for you, but for your family as well, having yeah. to deal with this. So as the years went by, how did you cope with this? Well, I learned to cope with it. Um, just knowing how to present, prevent myself. Like I, I knew that there's certain things that I couldn't do, which is um, I had to make sure that I slept more than enough hours in in the day just to make sure that I wouldn't be sleep deprived and therefore get a seizure or I had to make sure that I took my medication or and or because that might cause me to have a seizure or I had to there's just certain things that I had to just do just to you know to uh -huh. to make sure that I stay and maintain my health right right but it was hard. It was really hard because there were sometimes there were some jobs that I had when I was a little bit older uh -huh. that if I was stressed, uh -huh. I might have a seizure on right. the job. Right. And that and some there was one job I I actually lost the job eventually uh -huh. because of that seizure. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I remember in your book you mentioned that. Um, uh, by the way, show us your book so that they they, uh, they could see. Okay, so the music of my life. Yes, we're definitely going to promote that book. That's a, the first two chapters. I was glued. I could stop reading. Tell us about when you were forced to leave home. Was it because of seizures or? Well, I was forced to leave home because, unfortunately, my brother was. Um, was taking my things, um, was stealing my things. And I was actually trying to, I was trying, I we were getting into really bad fights because uh -huh. of the stuff that he was taking. Uh -huh. And um, I was very, I had some anger problems and I would, you know, use knives sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Wow. wow. So it was really bad. It was really bad. So I, I moved out and I went to my grandmother's house mm -hmm. and I lived with my grandmother and my grandmother was, um, she was, it was a different type of home because my mom, I was, I was, I was always used to, um, the, 
the affirmations that I received from my mother. Mm-hmm. But um, my, my my grandmother had a different type of love that she showed for me. Mm-hmm. Her love was was it was in the gifts that she would give, which is the food, okay. Okay. putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. But um, I moved home. I moved to my grandmother's house, and and it was it was really difficult living there at at, at times, sometimes because. Mm-hmm. You know, she was she was just a she was a disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah, a total different environment. It was a different environment. Yeah, but I love I love my grandma. I love my grandma. Yeah. She was just um, it's just that she was a disciplinarian. So yeah. that was something that I had to I had to deal with. And there was a time, unfortunately, when I was there, where I almost committed, almost tried to commit suicide. Wow, because. I, I was, um, I was, I remember I had a friend over at the house and he, she, my my grandma said something to me while my friend was there. And I was just so fed up that I picked up a knife and I put it to my throat and I was going to kill myself. And then my friend came in the room and he smiled with the knife and he's like, Cleone, no. Yeah me so that was my <laughs> first suicide attempt wow but it was the first time that I almost mm-hmm. you know lost my life but and it was because of the way your grandmother was treating you is that why um at that time I was just feeling a little depressed okay yeah because I find that uh love language is so important um and that book by uh, Gary, The Five Love Languages, it's so important to understand your love language and also the people you live with because they need to understand how to give it. Yes. Because what the love language they have, like your grandmother, she probably wanted that kind of love language. That's why she was giving it to you. Yes. She yes. wanted gifts, so she was giving you gifts. Whereas she didn't understand that's not what you wanted and that's not what you needed. Right. right. So that's I think the that, affirmation. Yes. Right. And that's it. That's so important when we're living with people, family, we need to understand each other's love language. And that's, that's a very important point that you made. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's, it's interesting because I know for myself, I almost tried to kill myself too, as a teenager. And, and we go through these dark moments Mm-hmm. don't know what to do yet I was a Christian I was born and raised a Christian now you became a Christian at what point I became a Christian at 17 okay um by 13 I had started clubbing going to parties mm-hmm. um because yeah. you know I had this an older sister an older adopted sister that partied so I would go with her and and because my body was very um, I guess uh, mature for my age. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was able to get into certain clubs. So okay. I'd party, I'd go party from early, but I remember one day I went to church at 16 and I realized that I really, I remember them singing a song. This is mm-hmm. when music therapy started to really start to really hit home for me. Okay. It's song and they're saying when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be oh yes yeah and I would I remember singing 
but I stopped singing because I couldn't identify with the lyrics. Oh. Because the lyrics to me was not speaking to me. They were speaking about somebody else. Right. Because I was not living a life that was Christ-like, oh. nor was it a life that was determined that I would be going to heaven. Right. Right. So from then on, from 16, I started to, you know, ponder whether I wanted to be saved or not. And then by 17 years old, I finally decided that I was going to get baptized. Oh, so wow. I got baptized at 17 years old and oh, turned wow. over to the Lord. Wow, that's wonderful. That's good news. <laughs> Praise God for redemption. I tell you, that, that is good news because uh, at some point um, you have an epiphany of where am I going? You know, and I know for me, um, I actually left the church and I came back uh, not too long, maybe about five years later, you know, so uh, there's moments where, where our faith is weaning and then it comes back strong, like solid, like a brick, you know, it just hits you like it did, like it hit you. It was like, wait a minute. My life, my life ain't representing this song, you know? So tell us about, um, okay, so now you're a Christian, you're going into college. How, what, what did you decide to do with your life at college? Or well, I actually, I first went to university. I went to University of Toronto okay. and um, I studied uh, um, history and Spanish. Mm. And I wanted and to be a lawyer. Espanol, si. Oh, uh, si, nice. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so I studied um, history and Spanish. I wanted to be a lawyer. That's mm -hmm. the reason I, I took those two courses because uh, it's going to be a lawyer. And then I worked in a, I, came, I, I graduated and then I worked in a law firm for a little bit um, as, a as a secretary. And while there, I realized I was like, I don't think I want to be a lawyer anymore. Right, 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 right. And that's when I first learned, thought about entrepreneurship. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because once I, when I, when I ended up leaving that job at, at the law firm, because oh. um, I had gotten let go, yeah. um, I walked into uh, a JVS center, uh -huh. JVS Finch Mall and they basically told um I was telling them that I was unemployed and that um that I had this but it was kind of funny when I lost my job I I had just the Lord had woken me up yeah. and had given me a business plan to oh, write okay I literally wrote a business plan in the middle of the night 3 45 a.m okay yeah and then, and then about a week after i lost my job okay and wow. then divine divine design man it was, it was really designed so yeah. i ended up at the jbs center and then they were like oh you know what there's this program called summer company where you okay. can take the program and you can actually start your own summer business and I was like, wow, this is God because I don't have a job and I think this is something that I can do. I have a business plan done already it's so uh -huh. I can submit it. So I submitted it and I got in the program and would you believe uh -huh. one month after being in the program, my uh -huh. sister dies. 
oh another blow oh my God. yeah yeah it was just wow. so challenging because the year before it was my cousin who died oh okay well, was how did she die by the way how did the cousin die my cousin was shot unfortunately oh sorry to hear that wow yeah. it was and now your sister died yeah my sister dies one month after i started the business wow so how did you manage? Did you manage? Like what happened? Um, I barely managed. I oh. barely managed. It was really It was very difficult because oh. I, I I tried to keep doing, keeping myself busy. Right. Yes, a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to keep busy, and what I did is I actually after her funeral. Mm -hmm. like the way she passed away she died in a car accident mm -hmm. her and her friend were in a car accident wow. they, were, they were going in a taxi cab and a young man stole his mother's car wow and he was being chased by the police the toronto police and the toronto police chased them down islington avenue mm -hmm. and then my sister was in a taxi cab coming down finch going east mm -hmm. the, the taxi t-bone the um, stolen car T-boned my sister's taxi, which mm. caused my sister's best friend to fly out the window mm. and die on impact. Mm -hmm. And my sister hit her head on the headrest. Mm. And she died within two days. Oh, wow. So oh. It, was really, it was challenging. Oh, that's hor horrific. My condolences. But man, that's just... You know, it's 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 just interesting how, you know, a good thing happens and then all of a sudden a bad thing just kind of throws you in this tizzy, you know, and then it's like, you know, you're trying to, you know, do something with your life and now you have a setback. Yes, 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 definitely. So yeah. what happened was once um, that happened, I decided that I was going to take a trip. I took a trip to um, New York City. Uh -huh. And then to Atlanta, and then I came oh. back. And when I came back, um, actually, I feel like I need to fast, actually rewind a little bit. Okay, no problem. Be before all of this happened, a year before this happened, um, that's when I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Oh, okay. That's that's a key point. Yeah, that's the key point. Yeah, that's the key point. Yes. Yeah, because I was in my last year of university. And mm -hmm. while I was trying to finish off my last two courses for university, mm -hmm. um, I actually um, ended up in a mental hospital because I found myself to be suicidal, didn't want to oh. comb my hair, didn't want to brush my teeth, didn't want to do anything. Wow. I just want to die. And it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I took myself to CAMH. Mm -hmm. This was in um, 2006. Okay. I took myself to CAMH in 2006. And um, that's when they told me that I had bipolar. And okay. so for six months after that, I, I went for, for counseling for six months. Mm -hmm. um, and during those six months, um, I finally got better. Mm -hmm. And then after those six, after that, 
um, the, the next year, which is 2007, that's when my sister passed. Wow. So, wow. but the funny thing is, uh -huh. even though she passed away, uh -huh. I didn't have an episode, a bipolar episode. Okay. 2012. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. Because I was yeah. just wondering if that was going to throw you into an episode. Yeah. Right. It, it, that normally would have thrown me into an episode, but it didn't right. throw me into an episode until 2012 because um, it was, so my sister passes in 2006. And then what I ended up doing is in her memory, I ended up um, um, doing a, uh, a scholarship fund for, for the, like I did a program and oh. it ended up on television and everything. Oh, nice. and, Nice. Yeah, and it was it was really good, and uh -huh. and then after that, um, I started. I went back to do my business. I went. I was doing my fashion business. Okay. I went to school to study fashion, realizing that I love fashion. Okay. So that was that was the business that I was doing was fashion okay. business. Okay. So I did a fashion business and. I got on television and I was on CTV. I was on the Global Mail, Toronto Life. Wow, you're living the life, girl. <laughs> yeah, CBC. Yeah. Um, CTV and so many different places I got on television for mm -hmm. magazines and everything for my fashion business. Mm -hmm. And then finally, mm -hmm. 2012 happens. Oh no, <laughs> something else? Oh, that dies. Oh, just thing after the other. Life was going real good now, right? Yeah, life was going really good. Things were going well, and so when she passed away, it was it was so challenging because um, that was when I ended up back in the hospital. Okay, okay. and that is when the roller coaster happened. Of um, going back and in and out, in and out, in and out of the hospital. Okay. To the point that I had been in the hospital 30 <gasps> times. Oh, in one year? In total. Oh. To date. Wow. Wow. 30 is a lot. Yes. A in lot. three provinces. Wow. So I'm trying to understand your sister didn't put you in the ep an epilepsy, but you would think you're closer to your sister than your aunt. So why is it that your aunt caused this roller coaster ride? Like I'm trying to understand that. I think it was it was it was it wasn't that my sister didn't cause it. Mm -hmm. Cuz it did she did cause it. Mm -hmm. Just that it happened even later. Mm. It's like a, it was like a delayed effect. Okay. Because it was like what happened was right before when my aunt died, before she died, mm -hmm. I was living out, I was finally living alone in my own apartment. My apartment flooded. I lost mm -hmm. all my equipment, all my furniture. I mm -hmm. lost my job mm -hmm. for the Ministry of Health. Mm -hmm. and um, I ended up having to move in with my aunt, my, my grandmother, my other grandmother. Okay. A maternal grandmother. Right, right, right. So what happened was I kept losing things. 
Right, right. So final, the death of my aunt, the reason why I ended up in the hospital is because it was so much loss that I had lost in that one year. Okay, yeah. Plus the loss of my sister of remembering her. Right. Her, her death on a regular basis. Oh. That's what caused me to end up back in the hospital because I was like, I was still grieving. Right, yes. So- and I ended up my what happened was the day my sis my aunt died on the first July first two thousand twelve. Mm -hmm. My mother put me in the hospital on the second mm -hmm. July second the second day the following day she came to my home and she's like you need to go to the hospital mm -hmm. you're not well mm -hmm. taking you now mm -hmm. and, and so they took me to the hospital. And I was just like, fine, I'll go. I'll go. No problem. I'll prove mm -hmm. you all wrong. Right. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I thought I was fine. Okay. You know, but I, I guess I wasn't fine because yeah. it was probably something that I was doing that I was, that I was off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And that, <laughs> that's just. It's funny how we could be in a denial because we want to prove ourselves that we're strong, right? And, mm -hmm. and that we can do it on our own, you know, and, and, and for good reason, right? But then there are times we need help, right? Yes. And, and we should not be ashamed to get help because that help is going to bring healing, right? Yes. And I think that's what you needed is not only healing physically, but mentally, you yes. know? to get that resolve. So how did you, how did you get out of that? And what happened to you after that? Well, what happened was um, when I got into the hospital in 2012, I was there for about a week. And then I came out of the hospital. I wasn't too happy. And then by 2013, it took until 2013 that I finally agreed, accepted that I had bipolar. Mm. Because between 2006 and 2013, mm. I didn't think I had bipolar. Okay. Because what had happened was I went to church one day and it's an assist. I told a sister that I had I had just finished therapy mm. for six months and then I was going that I was very happy. Mm. That I what was wrong with what was wrong with me uh -huh. and she's like no sister don't receive it it's not that's from the devil uh -huh. so, it's, uh -huh. so I always believed that whenever I'd have some sort of episode uh -huh. it was a devil uh -huh. so but but finally in 2013 I came to a place where I looked myself in the mirror and I said my name is Cleone Crawford and I have bipolar disorder and that is okay Right. And when I did that, I finally decided to go see a doctor, right. a new doctor, right. on my own volition. Uh -huh. and I saw a doctor, he gave me medication, and that was the beginning of my new medication, okay. medication medical journey, okay. pharmaceutical journey of taking medication. Oh, okay. So, so well, up until that point, you weren't taking medication? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Up until that point, I was not taking medication. Because you were in denial. I was in denial. Because after this point, oh, and like, I didn't accept that I had bipolar until after my first stint with prison. 
Oh, oh now you're getting juicy. Let me sit up for this. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. This interview at this point is only 26 minutes in. And look at all the things she went through in just a short uh, session of us talking. Yet this whole interview is an hour long. Wait till you find out what happens when she goes to jail. So you need to hear the rest of this, of this interview. How are you going to hear the rest of this interview? First of all, let me explain. My podcasts are around 25 minutes or less. So that is the reason why I stopped it at 26 minutes. And the rest of this interview is on my membership. Yes, I have a membership. And this is where you get the rest of this epic, juicy story and other interviews as well, because most of my interviews are going to be an hour and they stop at around 25 minutes or so. Now, it's only $5, guys, $5. You can't even get a decent meal for $5. So it's definitely worth uh, subscribing for five bucks to hear the rest of these uh, interviews. And there's going to be a number of them throughout the month. So you can enjoy at your leisure and you can listen to them over and over. There are three tiers. Two of them has to do with my interviews. The first one's $5. The second one is 20. The $20 is more exclusive interviews as well as exclusive videos that will not be on YouTube or anywhere else, only on this platform. And then the last tier, which is the third one, it's a $50 coaching session. Yes, most of my coaching sessions are at least $100. You're getting it for half price, my friend. It is worth it. Now, it's either an hour-long session or two 30-minute sessions, which means every two minutes you get a 30-minute session. What sessions do I do? Well, the first one is I'm a purpose coach. And my purpose is to help you live a life of purpose, your purpose, your destiny, your calling, getting fulfillment, satisfaction, making an impact and having influence in the world we live in. That is what I'm going to coach you to do. The second part of my coaching is courage. Yes, people need courage, courage to overcome, courage to stand up and be strong, courage to start a business courage to do something you've never done before, courage to change careers, courage, my friend. And there's many ways that we need courage for. And I'm the one that's going to be behind you, motivate you, push you, empower you to get moving that needle in your life from A to Z. So that's the coaching sessions. Now, I chose a platform called Kofi. Yes, Kofi. And Kofi is just like Patreon. Why did I choose Kofi instead of Patreon when a lot of people are on Patreon? Well, Patreon is like the mother and um, it has good features, good aspects. The only thing about uh, Patreon is that you have to subscribe to even use it, even to listen. 
right? So, and, and to give a donation and be a member. Whereas Kofi, you don't have to. You could just give a one-time donation and never come on again, or you could become a member. It's, it's so much better. And the best part is, is that Kofi actually has better fees than Patreon. Now, having said that, I really hope that you will sign up and become a member because for the $5, you're going to finish these interviews, epic inf interviews for $20. You're going to get so much more plus exclusive. Plus, I didn't mention downloads, PDF downloads. And so either way, you're going to be blessed. Now, I will say the rest of this interview is a must. So I hope to see you on the subscription side. I hope you become a member and join uh, this uh, group because, hey, guess what? I got to pay my bills. <laughs> okay. I got to pay my bills. I got to eat. And there's a lot of business bills as well. So this will help me. And, and at the end, I want to help you. I want to serve you. So see you on the other side. Well, friend, hope you loved today's episode. I pray you learned something and it challenged you to think, to reflect, and I hope it empowered you to make a change. If blessed, just stop right now and share this episode with someone who needs this. This may be the exact message they are praying for. It would bless me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Check out my online course to move your dream forward and also download the free PDF of the month. Together, let's live a healthy, balanced life serving with purpose. Until next episode, God bless.